When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into a post-Meet the Sooners Day edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. Also, of course, coupled with OU Football Media Day. So a lot to get to on the show today. But as always, thank you for joining us. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. We're counting down. We're getting closer. We're under 40 days. So make sure you're subscribed Tell a friend, share it on social media, spread the word, the Sooner Sports Podcast, three times a week during the season, including the game plan on Mondays, Jess and Meg on Wednesdays, and the tailgate to get you ready every single Friday. Coming up on today's podcast, you will hear from Caleb Kelly, Kyler Murray, Austin Kendall, Mike Stoops, and Lincoln Riley. This was all from OU Football Media Day, which took place on Sunday. A little earlier than we typically have Media Day, but uh, still, you got to love the information as the countdown to football continues. Let me quickly give you the Cliff Notes version of what we learned on Sunday. If you're someone who just craves injury information, here's what we know. Jalen Redmond will not play this season. They found a blood clot issue. He has had it treated. It looks like he's going to be okay for the long term. They will redshirt him this season. Great question was asked. Uh, I think Bob Prisbillo actually asked it. Great question about whether or not this could be a guy that they would use the 
four-game provision on and then still be able to redshirt. Lincoln Riley insinuated that that wouldn't be the case. You'll hear that coming up a little bit later on in the podcast. Nick Basquin will be a full go, so the Norman North product will be ready to go come practice, which is August 2nd, and the Sooners will be without Prentice McKinney, Chance Sylvie, and Michael Thompson as well this season. Also, if you care about position changes, there were two key ones that Lincoln Riley brought up uh, including Cody Ford shifting to left tackle. And you'll hear Mike Stoops a little bit later on. Jordan Parker moving around a bit, playing more safety. And when I say left tackle, I should be clear with Cody Ford, tackle in general. So whether it's Bobby Evans staying on the right side or moving to the left side, you'd have to imagine Cody Ford is going to figure in that rotation in some way, shape, or form. So there's the Cliff Notes version of what we learned today. Let's start things here on the Sooner Sports Podcast before we get to the coaches hearing from the players because we have a quarterback battle going on right now between Kyler Murray and Austin Kendall. First, Kyler Murray, kind of his perspective on exactly what the mindset is in that room and if there could be any hard feelings. It's all competition. You know, we're, there's no beef in the quarterback room. There's no like, it's all competition. At the end of the day, we know that. Uh, like I said, every day coming in ready to work, uh, not being mad at one another if somebody gets more reps, but uh, just knowing that that's you know what it is. I mean, this game, it's not friendly to everyone. Um, you know, at the end of the day, somebody's gonna win the job, somebody's gonna be a starter. So, uh, I mean, I would hope you know. You're a competitor, you play football, you want to be the guy, obviously, so there's going to be a little feelings in, in, at the end of the deal, but uh, I mean, we're just coming in. We're, we're friends at the end of the day. So. Meanwhile, Austin Kendall laying out that, hey, don't forget about me. In fact, you forget about Austin Kendall, you forget about a guy that could end up being a major difference maker, and it motivates him when you doubt him. Yeah, it does motivate me. I mean, I've been working hard all summer, um, just like everybody else, so when the camp starts, we go out and do the same thing, so it's just... So whoever goes out and execute, honestly. We both throw the ball really well. I mean, he obviously is really athletic. Uh, I think I can move pretty well, too. But, I mean, obviously we have different things that we can do different. And then a little bit more from Kyler Murray because you hear this a lot. After the guy was taken ninth overall by the Oakland A's, so many people question why. Why? You've got a $5 million contract. You're set. Why would you come back? What would possibly motivate you? How could you possibly stay focused, right? Isn't that the question you hear nonstop from fans? Well, Kyler Murray answered that on Sunday. I wouldn't be here right now if I wasn't hungry to play. I, I mean, I, I think this is the most anticipated football season I've ever, you know, been ready for in my life. So uh, I'm ready to go. So uh, Lincoln Riley coming up in just a bit. We'll get you a little bit more perspective on the quarterback battle. But there's the two particulars, Austin Kendall and Kyler Murray. And on the defensive side of the football, Caleb Kelly was great during Sooner Media Day yesterday. He's shifting positions and also – battling back from an injury. Uh, it was definitely something new for me all the way around, new position. Um, I got to do a little bit of it last year, but new position and then um, be, being the, the guy who was out and having to really cheer on my teammates a lot more than usual, uh, that was a real learning curve. I got a different love for the game, uh, really looking at film, really being there, really being involved, not missing anything and just making sure I was on my P's and Q's, really. It was just something different, but it was good for sure. Isn't it? In that sense, do you do you see that possibly happening? Yeah, I mean, I've had two years under my belt. I've been a starter for two years now and still haven't had that season that everybody's been kind of waiting on. I mean, I was a five-star guy coming out of there like, all right, he's going to be big time. He's going to be big time. Had a couple games like Sugar Bowl and big play games. And 
uh, haven't had a complete season doing that just consistently. And so I just think this year is what, where I need to do it. I feel like I'm in the right position to do it. Um, switching to inside, being able to make some more plays. But um, I'm really just excited to really just show what I can do for sure. So there are some of the keynote speakers from Saturday. What do you say we hear from the bosses? Let's start with the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners, Lincoln Riley getting us ready for the first practice for the Sooners and some opening announcements. Always one of the best times of the year where, you know, you've now finally got your entire team together. Uh, all of our players that will be here uh, are here on campus. Uh, they're in the midst right now of a, a really successful uh, summer run right now. Uh, I've been really happy with just the overall attitude of this group this summer. I think they're a very, very hungry group that feels like they've got a lot to prove, and I think they've really responded well to our new strength coach, Benny Wiley. So I've been very, very pleased with this summer so far. Um, they've got one more week left of organized workouts, uh, and then we will report on August the 2nd uh, with our first practice being the morning of August the 3rd. So. Excited to get back into it. Uh, it's it's always, again, like I said, the best time of year because you feel like you're really shaping your team. You know, you don't have any other distractions going on. Uh, you know, they're not in school at this point. It's a time where you can just really kind of lock in and really see what this team's going to become, uh, see how we're going to gel together, um, and just very excited about that whole process. This is, this is why you do it. A um, couple of quick announcements, and then we'll get to some questions. Uh, on the injury front, uh, Jalen Redmond uh, found out two or three weeks ago, uh, found a couple of blood clots uh, with him, which is obviously a, you know, a serious and scary situation for him, for his family. Uh, Jalen's doing very well now. We feel like it's something that, that you know, we're past. Um, he's uh, doing great, uh, but he will miss this season uh, because of those. I do fully anticipate that we'll have him uh, back here in the future and that this would just be a redshirt year for him. Uh, but first and foremost, we've got to make sure that that's you know, completely under control with the obvious uh, severity of, of, uh, of, of a complication like that. But Jalen's doing great. Uh, our, our medical team has done a tremendous job with him. So, and he's going to be able, we feel like, to, to do quite a bit here this year and then should be ready to play uh, for us after that. So more than anything, just thankful that, that he's doing OK. Uh, Nick Basquin uh, doing well, uh, has really responded well this summer. Uh, we've been cautious with him um, in some regard, but he's been able to do the majority of our strength and conditioning activities. Uh, we fully expect him to be full go uh, starting August the 3rd. Prentice McKinney uh, had shoulder surgery uh, about midsummer. Uh, had a shoulder he was going to try and play through. Uh, just was not responding the way that we had all hoped, and so he will miss this season. Um, and then, as I think we discussed before, we know Michael Thompson, of course, had a, a knee surgery when he first got here. We'll miss this season. And then Chance Sylvie, uh, with his Achilles, is doing great, really ahead of schedule. But don't anticipate having him this season, barring you know some sort of miracle, honestly. So um, that is our uh, injury situation up to this uh, point. Everybody else is doing well. All of our, our spring surgeries are doing well. I anticipate having everybody else on the roster uh, in a full capacity uh, on August the 3rd. So with that, we'll get to questions. Lincoln, as you go into the training camp, in your opinion, what is your biggest concerns going into camp? Well, you know, I've said a lot to leadership. You know, I think uh, I think there's some unknowns there. Uh, I don't know if concerns would be my word for it. I just think it's 
it's a it's an area of focus for us as a team. Um, I think the potential's there, but we've still got a lot of work to do there. And then I think, you know, I like I like the depth we have. I mean, I feel like there's going to be a lot of a lot of great position battles. So excited to see how those go. And then again, I think this is a time when your team has to gel and. Uh, it's the first time that you, you've got all these new players together. Uh, we've got several, you know, new players that, you know, are going to have opportunities to make, you know, different kinds of impacts for us this season. And how they gel with our current guys will be a big part of our success. Coach, when you got with Kyler Murray, when you got a guy that's got five million dollars coming to him, how do you keep a guy like that hungry, focused, and ready to do what he needs to do for you? Yeah, if he wasn't hungry, he'd be off playing baseball right now. You know, that's he. He wanted to come play football. Um, didn't have to, obviously, uh, but wanted to. So, I think the hunger and all that's there. As far as the the baseball situation, it it has no effect on us right now. I mean, he's a he's a football player for the University of Oklahoma right now. That's his focus, and that's our focus. Offense that you put in the field. Is there a particular, I say, defense that really has given your offense any problems in the past that you probably see this coming up season? Our good ones, you know, just uh, not not schematically. No, I mean, there's there's always answers for both sides. As an, you know, whether you're looking at it from an offensive or a defensive perspective, there's always answers. There's always things you can do schematically that are that are good, but. It comes down to how good are your players, and then how good are they at at what you do. How well how well versed are they? So, you know, I mean, great players anywhere on defense are are tough to go against um, at any position. Um, but I think you know defenses that are very sound in what they do, combined with really really good football players, are always the toughest. I know it sounds obvious, but I mean that's you know there's not a scheme that you sit there and say I hope we don't face this. You know, it's more of just. You know, the people that are really good at what they do, it's a lot tougher to move the ball against them. Lincoln, when it comes to Jalen and the new red, uh, red shirt freshman rule, is there any chance of seeing how he progresses in the next couple months and then seeing maybe if he can play four games? Or are you definitely going to sit down? At this point right now, uh, I feel like that it would be a definite full red shirt for him. Um, could things change? Potentially, but we're still a little bit in the early stages, and we're absolutely going to be cautious with it. Going into last year, um, there was a concern, I think, among the fan base that, you know, who's going to play running back, who's going to play receiver, and I remember Baker saying it doesn't matter who plays those positions because we're, we're going to have players. We got an offensive line, and he said, you know, obviously you guys had the number one draft pick, so it didn't matter. Now it's kind of switched, where you've got playmakers back at receiver got playmakers back at running back and obviously the offensive line is talented does it almost not matter who plays quarterback no it matters uh it definitely matters it you know i think that was just more of that that we had confidence last year even though they weren't proven commodities we had confidence of what we had in that room and that we're going to be able to get two or three really good players out of this group and get the production we need and you don't know necessarily where it's going to come from. And I think, and I have that same confidence in our quarterback room now. I don't know who it's going to be. And, but I do feel like those two guys, combined with that rest, the rest of that room, are good enough that whoever emerges from that is going to be a really good player for us. And, and who knows? We know how this game goes. We've been fortunate the last few years. But you know, a lot of times you need more than one to play throughout a season and play well. And I think we have that in that room. Here you had such a strong, powerful, vocal leader at quarterback. What qualities are you trying to get those guys to? I don't know, absorb, 
or learn or pass along to them? Well, they're just, you've got to lead in your own way, you know, and, and, and a lot of the leading goes on behind the scenes. I, you know, we talked about a little bit at Big 12 Media Day. I just, I think sometimes people see some of the things on Saturday and they, they misinterpret that for leading. And sometimes that's just emotion or having fun, this and that. The, the real leading goes on behind the scenes when there's not cameras there. And I think we've got guys in that room that are fully capable of that. Now, are there some lessons that they could take from things that Baker did in a leadership regard or Orlando Brown or, you know, Oboe, all, some of the really good leaders that we've had here? Of course, but they can't try to be those guys. They've got to be themselves. They've got to do it kind of within themselves and who they are as a person. Does it have to be vocal? Or can, can they lead by just showing up and executing well, what you want? Well, for to a quarterback, do? part of it has to be vocal. I mean, no, no question about it. But not all the time. Uh, the example you set, the way you carry yourself, the things that you do uh, are very important. And it, it goes noticed. Everybody in our program, every coach, every player, every employee, they always see everything that the quarterback does. And uh, so it's, uh, it really shows who you are and kind of sets the tone for the whole group. Normally, the quarterback is the, is the leader. Most every time you look back in OU history, it's been that way, and certainly with Baker. Is there a, another player on that offense? Uh, and can someone that's – is there another player that can fill that road to a degree? And uh, does a quarterback have to be the guy? I don't think the quarterback – I think he has to be a leader. Does he have to be the number one alpha dog on the team? I don't think necessarily. Um, I think there's a lot of examples over the years of championship teams. Uh, teams have been very, very good in all different, you know, levels of football where maybe the quarterback hasn't been the alpha. But, you know, I mean, take a look at the take a look at the Eagles this year. I mean, the Super Bowl champion. I, from afar, it didn't look like that, you know, their quarterback was there. You know, especially the guy at the end was, you know, the just number one alpha dog on that team. And uh, so. Uh, I think he's got to be, but I do feel like we have several other, you know, outstanding leaders. I mean, Rodney Anderson's a guy I think that's really come a long ways in that regard. He's he's always done the right things, but he is definitely starting to push himself to be more vocal and to be more in that role. And then I think our offensive line, you know, is going to be a big part of that. You know, we've got so many guys there. You know, when you start looking at Ben Powers and Drew Samia and Bobby Evans and Alvarez and. We've got some guys that played a lot of ball. They've been through a lot of tough battles. Um, they're good players, and we need them to, to branch out and become good leaders. And so far this summer, they have. Lincoln, two years ago, when Austin and Kyler arrived in January 2016, it's hard to predict the future, but do you anticipate these two guys battling for the quarterback job in the future? Well, you knew it was possible just with the – you didn't know that, you know, we were going to register – well, we knew Kyler was going to sit. Didn't know that necessarily – We'd play Austin the first year and then redshirting the second year. But yeah, you could kind of line it up and say, uh, you know, depending on how many years Baker has left, that these guys could potentially have a battle, of course. I, I don't know that I sat there and thought about it at that time. I just, we had lost, you know, and, and really wasn't planning on taking two. And then all of a sudden, you know, Justice, Trevor, and Cody are, are all gone. And uh, so we had to go out and find another guy. So, but they've, you know they've got a. I think they've got a good respect for each other. You know they've they've been in that room together for a long time. It's not like a new guy just rolled in the door. You know six months ago. I mean they've they've been through it. They've both been in a similar similar role where they were backup quarterbacks. Both in a, been in a similar role where they had a year where they were completely off the field. Um, so they they're, they're going to compete against each other, no doubt. But I think they have a healthy respect for for each other and what each other brings to the table. Who 
philosophically as you recruit quarterbacks, um, do you look for the guy that can come in and upgrade your position? In other words, beat out the guy that you've got now? We, so we, we look for that at every position. I mean, that's the only way if we're going to get better. And that's whether it's offensive, defensive player, or specialist, that's always the question when we kind of get down to the very end on are we going to offer this guy or not? Are we going to really recruit him hard or not? That's always my question for the guys is, does he make us better? Is he, is he better than what we have on campus? And if not, you know, what are we doing? You know, I mean, I think that's, if you want to try to take the program forward, that's the, the best way that you can do it. So it's not necessarily this quarterback we're recruiting at 18 can start in 23. That guy can start. No, because most guys aren't waiting that long, yeah. anyways. You know, and so especially at that position, and that position is unique in that way. And that guys, a lot of times, if they don't get that opportunity early, um, you know, there's an obvious common trend right now where they're they're taking their talents other places. Obviously, both quarterbacks do things well, right? And some either one of them do one thing better than the other one does. But how different does your offense look depending on which quarterback is in? Are they close or is it? Completely different. I don't know yet. You know, not not much different right now. Just because with us not having a starter, we haven't started to tailor it to one or the other, and so they're they're not as far apart as probably it seems on the outside. I mean, I think there's a perception on the outside that you know Austin's just a pure pocket guy that can't you know that's a statue, and there's probably a perception on the outside that Kyler's a track star that can't throw the ball very well, and which neither one of those are true, and so. They're not as far off as what's made in the public, but uh, depending on who wins the job, will we try to tailor it to what they do best, of course. Uh, but most importantly right now, they, go, they have to be able to, to execute our, our base package, and then we've got to figure out who the best guy is. Link, how do you think that it's going it's to benefit Kyler, just that he was here this offseason, was now playing baseball? I think just I think mostly obvious reasons, you know, being in the strength conditioning program the whole time, getting all the you know seven on sevens and all that that our teams organized throughout this summer, uh, and I think you know helps anybody from a leadership perspective to just to be here, you know, and to be part of the guys and to go through the summer grind because that that's a that can unite you because it's uh, it's tough, you know, the summers for for. A, a high level college football player and high level college football team are, are very difficult, but they can absolutely bond you as a team. Lincoln, when you decided to redshirt Austin, you talked about the differences between being a redshirt quarterback and being a backup quarterback. Can you kind of describe what those differences are and how they compare the two quarterbacks? Yeah, there's, they're, they're night and day difference. Uh, from the physical side, you know, you can train them like it's an off season, you know, they're not, you're not saving anybody for a game, uh, which Austin needed that. He lost that that first year, you know, because he was one snap away from being the starter. And so he wasn't able to fully train. I think he's, he's had some just kind of nagging injuries, nothing serious, but he was able to kind of get his body back into just great shape and healthy. Uh, he's as healthy and as good physically now as he's been during his time here. And then you get a chance to go against the first defense, you know, all the time, you know, and it's competitive over there. You're getting hit. You're getting to face the live rush. You get that each and every day. So it's, uh, you know, you do, you do some different things mentally with these guys. They're not necessarily sitting there studying the opponent. So you can, you can just branch out and you can really kind of target the areas that you think a guy needs to develop at and not worry about trying to get him ready for a game that week. You, you talked a lot about, you know, how talented this team is, but it's also young. How tricky is that kind of to balance, you know, the young experience with your leadership, that also being young? 
It, it is tricky, you know. It's a double-edged sword. It's you're 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 happy that your talent's young. It means that you know you've been doing a couple good things in recruiting, and and uh, but you know it, it is tricky, and I think it's a it's a delicate balance um, for this team because you want the young guys to be a part of it. You want some of these young guys to step up and be leaders, and we're going to need that to happen. But it's got to happen in a team-first manner, and I think guys have got to they got to earn their way a little bit too. And there, there is a little bit of a hierarchy, I think, that way within football teams that you can't just come in and do it if you haven't produced on the field yet. And so um, we've got some good leaders, I think, have kind of set the tone for that. And I think we've got some young guys that are eager to lead and eager to play, but understand that they've, they've, got, to, they've got to earn their stripes first. And, and so I think if it's done the right way, it'll be very, and I expect it will be, it'll be very healthy for our team. Got to come in here and play with a quarterback that was established. How does his approach have to change now, knowing that he's he's going to be paired with a new guy? I don't think necessarily being paired with a new guy, other than just the you know getting on the same page with the guys we have in the room. Um, and he's caught a lot of balls from those guys here, you know, in the last several years behind the scenes. Um, so again, it's nice that all these guys aren't just new walking in the door. Um, but I think for him, it's more about just taking that next step as a player. You know, you have a a solid, you know, first year, you know, do you go in that people always do the quote unquote sophomore slump or do you really accelerate it and take a big step forward? And that's been our challenge to CD. Um, and we've got a number of guys on this team that that's been a challenge to. Uh, but there are so many areas that he's had to get better. And I think he's taken some good steps to get there. He's a lot better physically right now than he was. He's put on 10 or 15 pounds. Uh, you know, which I think will help keep him healthier, um, you know, allow him to play stronger. There's so many things mentally that he wasn't ready for as a freshman that, you know, he should be ready for now. So, uh, you know, we expect a big jump for him, from him uh, as a player. Lincoln, it's safety. Did Barnes have a good summer? You know, he's battling the hamstring. and. That seems to be a real competitive position. Yeah, it is. It's competitive. We got a lot of pieces and a lot of unknowns, you know, there right now. Yeah, Robert's done well. Um, you know, he's had a couple of hamstring issues since he's been here, but he's really pushed it hard this summer and has had no issues with it. So, uh, you know, and he's a guy we need to keep healthy, you know, because if he can just consistently progress, he's, you know, he's definitely got some ability. Lincoln, the last three years, everybody in the state's gotten accustomed to fabulous quarterbacks from Oklahoma. I assume. We're not going to see that level of quarterbacking in the early part of this season. Are you guys prepared for how different it is? I mean, how difficult is it for coaches and players to realize, hey, this guy's not Baker Mayfield. We shouldn't expect him to be. Well, there's. I think there's two ways of looking at that. I, I think, you know, one, we did lose an outstanding individual player, no question about that. But we also had a lot of lot of players around him that helped make him that player too and a lot of those guys are still here and they're all pretty darn good football players so I do feel like you know with our situation whoever wins our job uh, is going to have some some nice advantages that a lot of other people aren't going to have starting with the offensive line and then going into you know what we feel is a pretty strong skill group right now um, and that, that has a lot of talent and has some depth and this year like somebody mentioned earlier has experience as well uh, so I think there's a great situation you know, and, and look, you know, I'm not saying we don't know what's going to happen, but three years ago, nobody would have thought that would have happened for Baker either. And uh, and nobody would have believed the journey that happened over the next three years. So, um, 
Is it is it going to repeat itself? Is the level of play going to be the same? I don't know, but I expect it to be pretty damn good. You mentioned Rodney as a leader several times. How does Rodney lead? What does he do that draws the other players to him and make them want to follow him? He's kind of the classic guy of you just watch what he does, and he, he leads by his actions. Um, I think people notice his actions more now because he has produced on the field because uh, of some of the things that he's been through in his life, both on and off the field. I think people notice that in the way he carries himself. He's in the world of hard workers, which there's a lot in this game. I mean, he he sets himself apart. I mean, he's a his commitment level is, is off the charts. Uh, and he just kind of always does the right thing. And But now he has also noticed that maybe in the past I could just lead by example and get what the team needed. It's different now. You know, there's got he's got to be more vocal in some areas. And he's done that. I'll give him credit. And sometimes for guys like him, it's tough to get out of that shell and do that. But he's embraced it. And I think he's, under, he's understanding that if he only plays well but doesn't have the impact that he needs to have on the rest of this team, then then you know we won't be good enough. But Lincoln, last year when we had Baker coming back uh, in your first year as a head coach, I'm just wondering this year with a quarterback battle, you're still coaching quarterbacks. Is it going to be more difficult for you to oversee everything this preseason maybe than it was? You're going to have to change anything about your routine. No, you know we've anticipated a little bit. We've tried to you know cut out some distractions from uh, from fall camp, namely this doing all this today, uh, you know, a week or a week or, you know, 10 days earlier than we normally do. Um, we're lucky, I think, in that in that uh, area as well that you know, our school is ending on the day that they report where I think the last several years, you know, school bled into three or four days of camp, which is difficult for coaches and players. So we've tried to We've tried to kind of clear the schedule, you know, and, and really, really clean it up. And I think there's a little bit of a, you know, uh, a little bit more of a comfort factor for me, you know, and that having been through this now, kind of knowing what to expect, uh, doing a better job of delegating things to our staff. So uh, I don't think so. You know, I mean, I, I don't know that I'm going to sit there and spend any more time with, with our quarterbacks now than I did last year. I mean, I even though we had a guy coming back that we all knew was going to be the starter. I still coached him as hard as I'm going to coach Austin and Kyler. So I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think you trust your process. You trust, you know, the, the fact that we've been through a lot of these quarterback battles before and, and uh, trust the way you coach and the, the guys that you have around them. Lincoln, going back to the question about maybe kinds of defenses that might give you trouble, you sort of said, well, it's not really schematics or, you know, talent and execution. How much of it is just play calling? Uh, coaches like to downplay play calling quite frequently, but you're a play caller. How big a difference can you make or your opposing defensive coordinator make just by making the right call? I, I think there's, I, in every game, I don't know, five or ten calls maybe at the most that really matter what you call at that point. Um, I think it's more adjustments, and I think it's more game planning throughout the week. I mean, in that regard, I think the plan you have, what you design, the adjustments that you that you already have ready, you know, the different contingency plans, um, the organization, I think that's, you know, if you were to weigh them out, I'd put that at 90% and put in-game play calling at 10%. I mean, I would.
those five or ten that present themselves, well, do you know them when they're presenting no. themselves, or do you only know them on the other end? No, normally, the- normally when you go back and watch it, you know, after and and. Uh, Maybe see something that you're like, man, that was a, you know, that was a perfect call here. You look back and say, man, I, you know, wish I would have done something different. So, and and I think the other thing too with play calling is you can't. You've got to learn from mistakes. You've got to learn from the good ones that you make. You, you've got to continue to educate yourself, but you can't be hesitant in the moment. I mean, you got to trust your gut. You got to trust your feels, and I think you got to trust your preparation of knowing your guys, knowing your game plan, and how you want to attack. Lincoln, I know it was just spring, but what was it about Cody Ford that made you guys so confident that you could switch him to tackle? Is that still the plan for him now that Bray and Daryl have both shown up? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start Cody at tackle, no question about it. Uh, he did a great job, I, and I think our biggest question mark for him was, you know, he's just such a big guy. Was is he? Can he move the way we need him to move out there on the edge? He's always been a good enough player. Um, and we knew he was going to factor in this year so, somewhere. I mean, no doubt about it. Um, and he moved so well. Uh, it was just very natural for him from, from his past setting. Um, and, you know, he's got a chance to be a pretty dominant tackle in the run game because of the way he's built and some of the matchups that he'll have out there. So he did a great job. And then we've even trimmed him down. He was, you know, I think this spring in the 345 range, you know, and, and we've got him down to about 330 right now. So we've even trimmed him up a little bit more in anticipation of leaving him at tackle. Just to be clear, you said you start him at tackle. You mean start him there and maybe move him, or he's your starter at tackle? Uh, he's def- no question in the mix going in. I don't – he's got the ability to play both just because he's done it before and he's been an interior guy here for a long time. But uh, he is going to primarily be a tackle to start camp. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we got to get him out there. He's one of those guys that I feel, I feel like he's got an interesting skill set, and I feel like we've got to get him out there and pad, see what he's like, and then you know, kind of see where we think he fits best. So that'll, I would say, yet to be determined. What do you think about the new transfer rule? I, I get it. I'm not. I mean, I'm not jumping up and down screaming either way. Uh, I, I do think there's going to be some unintended consequences of it that I, we're going to probably have to create five or ten more, more, more rules in the future to, to address those. But I, I get the fact that, you know, that the players feel like they need to have some freedom too. Um, that's a little bit the world we live in. And I think if we just stomp our feet against it, I think we're being a little archaic, honestly. Um, so I, I, I get it. Um, I do wonder if we're giving, giving them a little bit too much power in that you don't want guys doing things too early that deep down they maybe really don't want to do or they're just kind of acting on a, you know, just a, a, a quick emotional burst. You know, and that's the one thing that scares me is sometimes, as, and we all did it as youth, I know I did, is we, you know, we get riled up about something and, you know, we want to make a, you know, a decision just right then, you know, and as you get older, hopefully you learn to, you know, to steady it out a little bit more and really think things through. So I just hope there's something in place to protect from that or, I just I worry about some guys jumping to conclusions too quickly. Lincoln, there's been so much talk about about your defense after the way last season ended. I'm curious now that you're, you know, a season pass that you had the offseason. How do you evaluate how you guys played last year, and, and do you feel like you're in a position to be much better on defense this year? Well, I'm right now. I'm evaluating how we played last year. What six or eight months removed didn't do me much good. I've been evaluating how we played this spring, you know, and the new players that we have in and. 
kind of how we're going to make it all work. Uh, I've been able to spend, you know, more time over there. Not that I'm, you know, those guys are doing their job. Our defensive staff is doing their job. I'm not in there saying we're doing this and that. I don't want to present that notion because that's not how it is. Uh, but it has given me more time to to spend over there with those guys, you know, to kind of get a feel for what we're doing. Uh, helps us as far as the guys we're, you know, targeting and recruiting, which I, I know I've addressed. I think that's a, I think that's been a, a, an issue. I, I think we've had good talent, but we haven't had the talent to be a lead on defense. And I think we're getting back close to that. I, I don't, I don't feel like we're, we're far, far off there at all. And uh, so I, I'm excited about it. I think we've got a hungry group. I think we've got a talented group. Again, you know, we're not going to have many seniors playing, which is a concern, but. Uh, these guys are ready to go out and prove themselves, and I, I like the plan that, that we have with Mike and the guys. And I think I, I, I'm very, I, I'm very confident, and very excited to see our defense play this year. Is it, is it possible to put together a defense, uh, a top five defense, for instance, that could you know stand out in the SEC, for instance, in the Big Twelve? <laughs> you knew that was coming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it possible in the Big 12 to have a defense like they play over there, or is it just because too many offenses, uh, too many offensive philosophies? No, it's possible. It's possible to have a defense as good as anywhere. I mean, there's no magic league for defenses. I, I always, like I've said many times, I think, I think it is more challenging numbers-wise to have one of the best defenses in our league when you compare it to the others because of the offenses. But absolutely, you can have a defense that you know is a top five defense that plays the way we did in Columbus last year. I mean, that's 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 kind of what we envision against a, a top offense, a top team that can go in there and have the capability to shut somebody down. And so uh, we've got to do it more consistently, but that's absolutely the goal. Last question. Real quick on Nick. Um, you said full go anticipated. Do you also anticipate he returns in the mix, you know, and ready to like he's going to be a big part of what you're doing at receiver this year? I, I definitely do. I just I would never put anything past that kid, you know, from what he's came back from, you know, major injuries, uh, you know, being a walk on. I mean, he's kind of he's traveled the tough road to get here. And so uh, from what I've seen him this summer, he's He's bouncing back. I think he's. I think he has recovered faster from this Achilles than he did his first one. And uh, you know, with the experience he's made, the confidence he has uh, of having made big plays and big games for us, I would be very surprised if he's not in the mix. You know, it's interesting. Coming up on Friday's podcast, we were out there with the Sports Talk Network on Sunday, and we didn't necessarily cover the football side of things. There was a lot of student athletes out there signing autographs to meet the Sooners Day, and we were talking to, and on Friday's podcast, you'll hear from Maggie Nichols, Brenda Dow, we'll talk some women's soccer. Uh, We've even got uh, cross country that we'll get to. Oh, and oh, by the way, the new women's volleyball coach joined us as well too. So it, it was a cool Sunday for us to get a little bit of a different perspective, but I had a chance, and you'll hear this on Friday as well too, to talk with Kenny Mossman. And I brought up just how incredible it's been to watch Lincoln Riley in his first season now roll into his second season and how in awe you are, awe, A-W-E, awe we are of what this guy has been able to do, taking over for a legend and how smooth everything has been. And Kenny even said it, you know, sometimes you got to step back and remind yourself, this guy's coming off his first year as a head coach, not just his first year as a head coach at this University. His first year as a head coach, period, 
and it's pretty incredible to think of just how fluid and smooth everything has been with Lincoln Riley as the boss. Meanwhile, obviously a lot of questions about the defense. Mike Stoops stepped to the podium and answered every question possible as it pertains to the Sooner defense. You know, excited like everybody to get started and really feel good about uh, the group we have. feel like we've had a, a pretty good summer from you know, all indications and kind of like the direction we headed at the end of spring, feel like we're, we're in a better position, hopefully, um, you know, heading into this fall. So let you guys uh, fire away. It's possible to have a, uh, a top five defense playing in the Big 12 Conference because of all the different offenses you face, the wide open offenses. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Is statistically top five, maybe not, but one at least you feel like? Well, I, th- I think... You know, statistics in in certain situations are are drastically different just because of who you play, out of conference, in conference, the styles, so the per snap. So there's a lot of variables that that go into playing. Uh, you know, good defense certainly. Um, you know, I would think more of a top twenty, top fifteen would be more realistic in our league just because of the. The efficiency that these guys, you know, work at. Obviously, the last few years have been, you know, kind of off the charts uh, with the, the the type of personnel we've had to deal with. And then certainly, you you have to balance the defensive personnel that you have, you know, going against it. So, you know, those are the areas that I think we need to make up the most ground and just have, you know, the personnel you need uh, across the board to to match up in this league and. And we've made some adjustments in, in that area and probably look for us to play more nickel probably than we have in the past uh, to, to try to counter uh, some of the, the, the spread offenses you see. Mike, you know, you didn't get to work with Caleb at the will or even Murray at the sand. Will, Caleb's never played the will. Talk about what you think is going to happen there or what you've got going on there. Well, you know, Caleb's had to, you know, study a lot, uh, missed a lot of, you know, the spring or all of the spring with the shoulder injury. So that's going to be an interesting competition between him and and Curtis Bolton. So um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, Caleb comes up, watches a lot of tape, tries to, you know, understand concepts. Uh, I think his long-term success is inside. And that's what we try to put all our players in for long-term and, and short-term success. I, I think that's the, the best position for him. Um, and and I, I think it'll help us. So uh, we feel like we have, you know, two really good will linebackers. And, and we believe competition is, is another area that I think, uh, you know, between complacency and, and competition, you, you have to have that to excel, uh, you know, anywhere at this level. And if you don't, complacency sets in. I think you saw a little of that in, in our defense over the last couple of years, and that's something we desperately tried to, har- to change is to develop uh, and recruit certainly better players that create competition across the board. Mike, down in uh, Dallas, Lincoln talked a lot about the defensive line and some of the steps that they've taken even since the end of the spring. What have you seen from that, that's by far and away our most improved group across the board from, you know, a year ago. Um, you know, Kelvin Thibodeau's done an unbelievable job. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, he's, he's really, you know, it's worked hard with, I don't know, you guys know Pete Jenkins, a guy that's been mentoring him, 
you know, for the last three or four years, a guy we've used, Pete, um, you know, we, we started to bring him in to improve our, our D-line play, teach us, you know, better D-line play. And Kelvin's really utilized him and, and certainly, you know, Ruffin, you know, as, as mentors and has really come into his own and developing as, you know, one of the young, you know, great D-line coaches out there. And I, I think he's really done a wonderful job, him and, him and Ruffin. And, you know, I feel like that. They have worked well together in, in developing this group. I, you know, the development of certainly of, of Neville Gallimore, Marnie Bledsoe, Kenneth Mann. We just keep, you know, we have a good rotation. I think we have good depth across the board. Uh, you know, Lott has really done a lot of good things. Ronnie Perkins, you know, for a freshman coming in in the spring, did a lot of good things. So we're developing you know, some, some quality depth, and not just depth, but, but guys that we feel like can play and, and really, you know, make a difference. We need more plays and, and just better control of the line of scrimmage uh, across the board and feel like those guys have made tremendous improvement. Mike, with uh, Jordan Parker being clear, is he still a factor at corner or are you going to move him around? We're going to look and see where, you know, we feel like he, he, he fits us. And, and can compete. Uh, we, we've worked, he's, from my understanding, he's worked a lot, uh, obviously, this summer at safety. So the development, certainly, of, of Trey Brown, Trey Norwood, Pernell Motley, um, you know, those will be, you know, three guys to look at. And then certainly Jordan Parker. And then, you know, a lot of be, depending on uh, the freshman, too, came in and did a, you know, Miguel Edwards did some good things this spring. So I, I think we have to look and see where, you know, the safety position is an area that we feel like we need to improve uh, across the board. And, um, you know, those guys to make plays down the field. And if he gives us some range and some playmaking ability, we're certainly going to give him a chance there too. Mike, getting back to the conference for a second. Outside of Will Greer, there seems to be a little less, a uh, little less turnover in some places. There's also a little less certainty. A lot of coaches haven't picked the starter yet. This, does the position just there give you and other coordinators a sh maybe a better shot to hold things down this year? Or is it, or is it the offenses that are the issue, not so much the quarterback play? I, I think the, the offensive coordinators have done an unbelievable job. You look at the offensive coordinator from Iowa State. He, he left to go. I think he's the offensive coordinator. Gosh, where did he go? I, I read uh, he went somewhere. Now he's the, in the NFL as the offensive coordinator. So you see, you know, he's a guy nobody even heard of. And then you look at what Mike has done. You look at all these guys. They're very, you know, they're very innovative. They, they, the schemes they come up, I don't see it anywhere else. That's, you know, certainly, you know, they have to find ways. Everybody's going to, you know, work and, and, and try to find holes in everybody's defenses. These guys have done a great job utilizing the personnel they have, utilizing their quarterbacks, the strengths of each quarterbacks. Uh, there may be more quarterback run game than we've ever seen in this league again, and that's that has given us problems. So you know they're gonna they're gonna play to the strengths of of their personnel, and um, you know we have to be able to counter with with more multiple uh, fronts and um, and coverages as well. Mike, what does Kenneth Murray have to do to take the next step? I, I think Kenneth is uh, just as comfortability of where he's at, I think getting comfortable. I think, you know, he's he's a guy that's played on the edge and he's played, hasn't played a ton inside. So 
I think for the first time he's put two whole years, or this will be his second year in a row playing the same position. I think conceptually he has a better understanding. Uh, I think controlling his body and space is going to, you know, he missed, for as athletic as he is, uh, I think the tempo of the game will slow down for him, and I, I just think you'll see a better, you know, player all across the board. You talked a lot about Trent Man earlier. He had a really good year last year, uh, kind of came on. And what do you expect from him as far as leadership on the defensive line going forward and kind of your expectations of him? I think Kenneth... Neville and Armani have really, you know, taken that group. This is, this is the best continuity we've had with that group too, I, and that goes to stability and coaching. Uh, Kelvin's been here three years. Ruffin's going on his second. Prior to that, we had three different D-line coaches. I think almost in succession. Um, you know, I don't know if one guy was ever there two years in a row, and that's going to create some instability in your team. And now we have that stability, the continuity that you need. And I think the younger, these guys have taken the younger guys under their wings and have really, you know, helped and improved. But I just think our overall technique, our block protection is, is so much better. Our ability to use our hands, get off blocks, uh, play two gaps is, is better than it's been. So, you know, we just hopefully we can, you know, keep improving and, and, and heading in that direction. I asked Lincoln about how you upgrade the defense, how you play better defense, and he said the obvious kind of you do it in recruiting. But he was very emphatic about it, and he was very uh, looking forward to you know seeing the new guys and seeing the recruits. And are you able to spot that when you're out recruiting and you're and you're getting a, maybe you got a commitment from a kid and you think this kid right here is an upgrade or? Well, a guy like Ronnie Perkins, uh, I mean that's a perfect example of a you know for. James, these guys can tell you, I don't, I know he's a high four star guy that, you know, could play virtually, you know, was recruited by anybody. Um, you know, those are guys that, you know, Neville Gallimore, Hermione Bledsoe were, Bledsoe were four star guys, but I think you're seeing the development of those guys. They're, they were young players a year ago. So, but, you know, you see the, you know, the higher rated guys. I mean, it's not foolproof. We can, you know, have a week long discussion on recruiting. But getting the right guys and, you know, developing those those players is critical to your success. And, you know, really pleased with him as a true freshman that should have been in high school in the, in the fall, in the spring here to do, see the, some of the things he could do and how much he's grown. Uh, I feel like throughout this summer, we're going to see a guy that can really, you know, help our, def, our, our, our D-line, uh, you know, become a role player. But uh, the, the recruiting is, is a big part of it. Um, you know, at every level, and and certainly, we're starting to see the benefits of a stronger re defensive recruiting class. Hopefully, uh, this fall. Mike, how have you seen Lincoln grow as a head coach going into his second year? Um, probably just his overall comfortability, um, scheduling. You know, his you know his routine. I, I probably comes more natural to him and. Um, but he, you know, his personality's always been the same, and you know how he's, you know, approached us and the team has always been consistent and, and very steady. And um, you know that part is is real, real comforting, I think, to our players and our coaches. So um, I think he's probably just maturing, you know, more as he, he gets older, and you know how he, um, you know, looks at things probably changes some. Uh, so we, we talk probably more often uh, just about, you know, schemes a little bit, but 
not not a whole lot. You expect anything to change for him now that he's overseeing a, a quarterback competition? Maybe maybe able to oversee things less. Uh, he was just here. You, you probably should have asked him. Uh, I don't. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna. You know, no. I mean, I. I think he's going to do what he does best. He knows himself better than anybody, and he knows what he has a lot of strengths. So, um, you know, I think he'll handle it uh, like he's handled everything else. Is he, is he ready to go into the caliber of play that you faced uh, early and then jumping right into league play? No, he's, he's, he's far mature beyond his years, and it ain't going to scare him none. I think he's, you know, foaming at the bit to get out there and compete and play it at a high level and he won't look at himself as a freshman when he steps on the field. He's, you know, he's mature and, you know, understands what it takes to perform at, at this level uh, from being here in the spring. Now, if you come in the, in the fall, I think it's a little bit harder uh, just because you don't know what you don't know until you step on the field. That's why spring ball is so critical to young players, especially high school guys that think they can come in and do certain things. You don't understand the uh, precision the tempo, the speed, all of that until you, you know, face it uh, at this level. No matter how good you are in high school, I think you have to see it at the highest level to, to really understand the strength, the speed, the size, the precision that the game is played at. You have a lot of guys that are really talented at the linebacker core. Curtis uh, Bolton's played a number of different positions at the linebacker. Uh, is there any other guys, young guys coming up that you think that are going to Help with depth uh, better than normal. Um, you know, John Michael Terry uh, has been around here for for two, you know two plus years, so you know he's got to be a a guy that you know we can lean on. And then there's young players. I don't want to speculate on any high school guys yet, uh, but you know they're talented. Um, you know, from what I hear, ha have uh, strong characteristics that project. Uh, certainly, but you know they got a lot of work to do here in the next month uh, to get themselves in position to help us, you know, play consistently. So we'll have to wait and see. But What's your thoughts on Levi Draper in the spring? Uh, Levi made significant improvement. Mike, you mentioned at the end of the last year that you wanted your defense to get better getting off the field on third downs. You've talked a lot about improved pass rush and more guys. But talk about trying to develop and get that going with your defense getting off the field on third down. Well, I, th I think um, things probably that hurt us, you know, not so much the, the runs on third down probably hurt us more than anything. So making sure our, uh, you know, just like in the bowl game, they audible to a run and, and ran it to a weak side and we, you know, we didn't make a good adjustment to it. You have to be able to counter, you know, what they do. Um, you see more and more teams running on third down than you ever have. I think our team runs the ball more on third down than any other team in America, and they've been had more success than any team in America too. I think you see more and more doing it, making sure we can cover everything, cover all your bases in in, in those type of blitz schemes uh, if you're going to put them out there on the field. But but certainly we need to continue to be aggressive. Playing more nickel this year, is is that one of the, the biggest differences that we're going to see from uh, your defense this year? I think so. 
you know, that'll, you know, we'll play, you know, multiple fronts, but uh, probably more nickel than we have. So, again, recapping the top stories, if you for some reason skipped around this podcast, can't imagine why. Jalen Redman will miss the 2018 season. He'll be redshirted and will be ready to go with four years of eligibility starting in 2019. The Sooners will also be without Prentice McKinney, Chance Sylvie, and Michael Thompson Jr. for the 2018 season. All three of them will redshirt, and Nick Basquin. Is ready to go for the February 2nd start of practice. And keep an eye on two key position changes. Cody Ford moving to tackle from guard. And Jordan Parker working a little bit more with the safeties. Hey, we've got a big show coming up on Friday. Lindsey Gray-Walton will join us. We'll talk women's soccer. We may, we may have Jen Rocha for softball fans, the new pitching coach on with us, and also a countdown to the start of college football continues on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Have a great week, everybody. And until Friday's edition of the Tailgate, Boomer Sooner. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.